Hey feminist friends and welcome to Real Feminism, the podcast where we discuss films from an intersectional feminist perspective. I'm your host Joe, and today I'm joined by my co-host Kareen. Hi! <laughs> hi, 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 hi! Um, we're going to discuss Black Panther today, finally, after however many years of doing the podcast. Um, but first, Kareen, how are you? How are you doing? I'm good. I'm actually happy that we're talking about this movie because obviously the second one came out and mm-hmm. in the first ones in years. So it was also fun to rewatch the first one and fall in love again with Marco B. Jordan. It, oh my God. Yes. Yes. Agreed. It was really fun to revisit it. I, I can't remember when during the pandemic, I watched all of the Marvel movies in order because Disney Plus had come out. So they were all accessible and so I would have last seen it in 2020 which is only a couple of years ago but it still feels like it's been a really long time since I've seen this film because now time is weird because the pandemic ruined time (laughs) (laughs) very true also because I'm not a Marvel person I watched some of them I think I saw the first Iron Man because it was the first so and black panther because obviously there's black people in it and i'm black so you know but yeah i haven't seen a lot i'm not a big superhero person so but i actually enjoyed this one what about the batman movies obviously not marvel dc but in terms of superhero movies i actually seen the christopher nolan trilogy i think Mm -hmm. the best ones yeah so those one i've seen but i wouldn't really qualify them as like i mean they superhero movies, obviously, but there's like, I don't know, I think it's different, but like Captain America, uh, Captain Marvel, I think they kind of all look the same to me. It's like big action movies. I'm sorry. This is very. <laughs> and- it's making me think of when you thought there were only two Bridgerton brothers and you were like, why? or only one. And you were like, why? I don't understand what's happening. What's going on? Yes, this is basically the same. I'm going to be the person who say they all look alike. So, you know, whatever. You are right, though, because all of the films, the Marvel movies, the vast majority of them are about cis, straight, white men. And that does get boring. Exactly. I mean, I that's not true. I've seen some of them. Like, I've seen the Garden of the Galaxy. But I think this one was like a cast of characters. And I thought it was funny. And I should give other a try, but let's stick to Black Panther for today and we'll see. Maybe when you come back to the UK, because that's something that hopefully is happening this year, we can we can go through them all. <laughs> we can have movie nights. Yes, because there's a specific order, right, to watch them too. Well, I would imagine there are two orders. There's the release order and there's the chronological story order so although captain marvel only came out a few years ago that's probably one of the first ones you could watch captain america being maybe the first one because that's set in the 1930s 40s 30s um yeah so i'm you could do it in a chronological order which i haven't done and i think would be interesting or the release order which i have done Okay, because, I mean, but is it, like, a bit too late? There's, like, 20 of them now. I don't know. Yeah, well, we spend our time together. We can make that work. 
The main problem I think now with the Marvel franchise in terms of watching them all from the beginning is now you could do it up until they closed off one of the chapters. So they had uh, the Infinity War saga. But after that, although they're still making movies, they've got all the TV series and that feeds into that's still canon. So when you come to then watch the films, the new Doctor Strange film was followed on from the WandaVision. So if you haven't seen WandaVision, you're going to be confused. So it's it is it's an investment of your time. <laughs> for sure. I have to prepare myself for this. Okay, we'll we'll talk about it more. Okay. So as I mentioned, Black Panther is the movie we're talking about today. It came out in 2018, which felt horrible because it it feels like Black Panther is one of the new Marvel movies, but 2018 was a long time ago. Yes. And it also I think the expectation for this movie was so high because it was the first black superhero and the mainly black cast and for 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 Marvel it was very new. And I think that's also why it worked. It was like a test. And I think the expectation very high. So yeah. Mm-hmm. And also um the director Ryan Kugler is a black man. So it wasn't directed by white people, which is also nice and makes a difference. Um, and he was one of the writers, along with Joe Robert Cole. He is also a black man. So it's written and directed by black men. Would be nice to see some black women up in there, but it's not a white man. <laughs> so. <laughs> so there's one female producer, Victoria Alonso, um, and a guy called Danny Yunte Kang. And Nate Moore, uh, we've got Rachel Morrison is the cinematographer. And I think, I think this is the first film we've done with a female cinematographer. Ooh. I don't, I threw away my old notepad, so I can't go through and confirm. But certainly it's very rare. And it was edited by a woman as well, Debbie Berman. That's a lot of people who want white men on the production team. Still worth noting that all of the women uh, who have worked on this film are white and that is quite common, I think, whenever we get women working on the behind the scenes, they all seem to be white. Um, speaking of women, we have a lot to talk about in this film. We've got loads and loads and loads of characters, which is very exciting. We have Nikia, who is played by Lupita Nyong'o. Okoye, who is the leader of the... Oh, the Dora fighters. Where are they? The Dora Milaje. Thank you. I was like, it's not saying just Dora without having the full name makes it sound like they're all like Dora's explorers. Um, we have Shuri, who is the sister of T'Challa. Ramonda, who is the queen, who is T'Challa's mother. And Shuri, we should say, is also, I guess, probably heads up their science and technology. She seems to be creating all of these wonderful things. She's not just the sister of yeah. Charla. Before we go on to talk about the other characters, basically the men in the movie, for anyone who doesn't know, Black Panther is a Marvel superhero movie. It is about a country in Africa that's a fictional country in Africa that's remained hidden from the world. Basically, they have vibranium, which is supposed to be the most powerful metal in the world. And but they decided to stay hidden because they don't want other com- other to end up like other black countries, I think, mostly and being persecuted and taken for their natural resources. They do have Black Panthers helping 
as a superhero in the world, but kind of hid in a hidden way. Like nobody knows who he is, nobody talks about it. And basically what so it's not a it's not a hidden country because the country other countries know of the existence of the country, but they actually think it's a very poor, underdeveloped country. Mm-hmm. And the whole story is about should they come out or not, mostly, and the take into power of the new king of the new Black Panther, which is played by Chadwin Boseman. It felt really strange watching this film knowing that Chadwick Boseman, who plays T'Challa, the Black Panther, has died. I think this is the first time I've watched it since he died, and it felt very sad. I mean, for the people who saw the second movie, the homage they made for him, because he was such a, an amazing actor, and and actually that's true, seeing this movie again and thinking about what happened since then, it's actually quite powerful. I agree. Um, so Eric Kilmunger is played by Michael B. Jordan. He is our antagonist in the film. He essentially wants uh, Wakanda to use their weapons and technology to support other Black people around the world in fighting oppression. So that's his role. Um, Wakabi is played by Daniel Kaluuya. He is the leader of one of the different tribes in Wakanda. Umbaku is the leader of the mountain tribe, I believe. And Njobu is Killmonger's dad, who is the brother of T'Chaka, who is the father of T'Challa. So did you like this movie? Yes, I did. I will confess that when I first saw it... I enjoyed it and didn't understand. Maybe that no, maybe that's not fair to me. I I think it didn't feel for me like I'm sure it felt for you because I think when I first saw it, I watched it as a white person watching a superhero movie, and I remember afterwards a lot of male friends being like, "I don't get why everyone's so bothered. It's like it's no different to other superhero movies." And I was like, "Well, that's not true." But I still don't think I fully understood the power and importance of it when it came out. I think I was still quite early on in my intersectional feminist journey. So, yes, I love it more now. I think I understand what you're saying, but I also think this is also fine. Like, as a Black person, I think for me it was more like the representation of Black people in a very different way. I also think it was a very... Black American vision of the world and how they want to picture Black people, which I think it's it's still good. I mean, it it was like, it's the first time I've seen that. uh, It wasn't the first time, but I think it was quite powerful to see all those Black bodies being uh, pictured this way. The cinematography was amazing. The costume were amazing. And it was this whole different cast of people because obviously all the actors come from different countries. They don't come from, and actually a lot of them don't, they were not born in Africa. So other people who I've listed, the only one that springs to mind is the guy who plays T'Chaka, who is from South Africa. Yes. So the um, most of them are either born in the US or the UK or even for um, um, actually for Lupita Nungo, she's she's born in Mexico, I think. From but okay. she's, yes, she her parents are from Kenya, but she was born in Mexico because I think they were based there at the, at the time. Mm-hmm. It's also very weird because they all have very different accents. 
supposedly they're all supposed to come from the same country, but they have very different accents from each other. But it was, yeah, I think when it came out, it was really this beautiful movie about like black people being the heroes and how powerful and how they can, we can see them like being inventors, seeing them being warriors and and also not in just a position with the white man. So it was also very different. And they were, they were the hero of the whole story, which doesn't happen a lot, in especially in American movies. Mm. I was going to ask you about the accents, because I remember you saying that in The Woman King, the accents were all over the place. I think that's also one of the criticism that the movie got at the time. Not by Americans, because I think America has a very fantasized vision of Africa anyway. So they really see it as a, as a, I mean, they call it the continent, like it's one big country. And I think you can see this in this kind of representation, but it's also like, it's also very powerful, but in a very Americanized way that it's, we have one, this beautiful country in Africa was supposed to be like the, the symbol of black excellence and everything. So it's kind of weird to, when you really think about it, you just like, they, they don't have the same accent. They don't come from the same, mm. <laughs> yeah. the day, they're supposed to be from different tribes. So you can use this, you can use this fact as a saying, that's why they don't speak the same way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, the characters are pretty amazing. Like most of the female characters they 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 change for the typical black woman that you see in movies. They're not stereotypes. They have their own story and their own um yeah, I think it was pretty amazing. Yeah, I, I wrote that down that I really love that although the film is obviously about Charla and he's the main character and the main antagonist is also a man. T'Challa couldn't do any of this without the women in this film. And I like that they all had their own their own identities and their own things that they were good at. So like Nakia is an activist and is obviously very skilled at what she does as a spy and she can also fight. Okoye is uh, the head of the Dora and is obviously very good at what she does. Shuri is um, an amazing scientist and inventor and is clearly very intelligent. And Ramonda is so regal and powerful as a queen like she really emanates royalty so I liked that they're not they're not all the same generic character they're all very distinct and different and also they're not perfect I mean the host like it also shows that this perfect country which is supposed to be Wakanda is not perfect because when you think about it I mean you kind of um I mean the whole story about them should they let themselves be discovered and help other countries or should they just keep their own wealth for themselves without helping anyone when, because the whole plot is about Killmonger trying to steal the vibranium to help other oppressed people, which at the end of the day is actually no goal. The fact that he want to use violence for it is a problem. But the 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 logic at the beginning is something that you you have to question too. That's also one of the reasons people kind of rooted for him. It was like you didn't want him to win, obviously, because it's like the he's the main guy in the movie. But you kind of understood where it was coming from 
because that's a criticism of Wakanda saying like you are fine by yourself, but you're letting other people suffer. So do you think this is okay just because to keep tradition and that's how you always work? Should we leave let other people in the world suffer? Mm-hmm. That's a whole question because even Nikia is questioning this saying like we should go we should actually help other people. Yeah. And you can understand what they're trying to keep to a certain way because they saw what happened to other people and about how Black people has been exploited for centuries now. So that's the whole um, moral of the of the movie to... And that's what I liked about it. It was not, nothing was perfect. No system is perfect. You have to question what's better for you. And... Do you say, do you want to keep your family safe or do you want to actually share your wealth with other people? Mm-hmm. I, I think that's why it's one of the better Marvel movies for sure is because it's, um, Killmonger is not an evil person who's an alien from outer space or some sort of weird monster. He has a legitimate point that um, Wakanda have the power to be helping people and they're not, they're hiding away and they're not doing anything. And actually, the king at the time um, is the reason that Killmonger was left abandoned without his father to raise him. We don't know what his upbringing was like after his father died, I don't think. But he's um, abandoned by Wakanda and his family there. And you can understand why he'd be angry and upset and why he would be more aware of why he'd be more aware of what people outside of Wakanda who aren't white are going through. Yeah, and also within Wakanda, the the different tribe, they don't always agree because you can see that M'Baku was like the leader of the people in the mountains, mm-hmm. like people in the snow, which is fun. Um, <laughs> but yeah, when you see them, they kind of like live separately from the rest of Wakanda because they disagree with them and even when it comes to the battle they kind of disagree on what we should do and what they should do and it's so even the system is supposed to be perfect not everybody have the same idea and even within um within the country when killmonger kind of take over some of the people agree with him and you have this case of conscience between actually uh, one of the fighters who's married to one of the leaders uh, who's played by, I also love this actor. Um, what is his name again? Daniel uh, Kluwer. Yeah, him. And kind of, betray- you you would think, is he betraying the, the throne or actually helping to um, help Black people around the world? So that's a big question too. Yeah, I'd liked when um, Ramonda Shuri and Nakia had gone to see Umbaku and was saying you need to come down and overthrow or help us take back the throne. Killmonger murdered T'Challa and Umbaku's like, didn't he do that in ritual combat? So technically he didn't murder him. <laughs> like it's, uh, it, I like that again, that's not clear cut either. He doesn't walk in and just start shooting everyone and ki- killing people. He takes part in this, ritual fight thing which is strange I think it's one of the weirder things Wakanda does I'm like on the one hand great that people have the opportunity to challenge whoever's taking over the throne that it's not just going down through the family lineage 
without any challenge yeah challenge thank you but then on the other hand I was like they could do something else other than having a royal family where people are assigned royal through birth and maybe challenging someone by fighting is not the best at the end of the day it's still a superhero movie so you have some traps that you have to keep and that's yeah. one of the traps I would say that you cannot really change it has I mean it's still a superhero movie the fact they have like uh super strength all this is linked to this too so that's the base of a superhero movie you have to have superpowers and to get them you have to be the the stronger one you have to be the smarter one you have to do all this so that's not going out of the style anyway it's still a marvel movie at the end of the day mm. wouldn't it be amazing though if prince charles had to <laughs> if he had the option to challenge him to a fight to the death <laughs> for the throne <laughs> through I think I would want it to be like WWE where actually no one's at risk of getting killed because that feels in reality I'm joking about it but actually it would be horrifying to watch someone just be killed in front of you but um, the idea of it's hilarious (laughs) I'd be more supportive of the royal family if people were allowed to challenge them in that way my worry will be that Charlie's kind of old right now to do this kind of stuff and will die from the heart attack within like the first 10 minutes so you know well i guess in wakanda terms that means that he is not fit to be a ruler he's not strong enough to lead yeah but we could end up with someone like andrew tate who used to be a kickboxer that could like challenge him (laughs) (laughs) yeah there'd obviously have to be some rules (laughs) um because i i don't know whether in the movie you have to be one of the the leaders or i don't know whether it can just be anyone who can challenge they don't really I don't know. Because they just say that like, each family says, I'm not going to challenge the title. But yeah. Uh, before we go any further, um, I feel like I should quickly say one of the other pluses for the movie is that obviously it passes the intersectional Bechdel test uh, in many different times. Uh, it also passes the female Bechdel test, but that is much harder to discern than I was expecting. And the bit I wrote down is that Okoye and Nakia sort of talk to each other during the car chase. I think Nakia says, what are you doing when Okoye is climbing up? They're very small snippets of conversation where they're not, the women in the film aren't talking about a man. I have to say, even if there's a lot of strong women, yeah, you're right. The main characters are a man and they're the one who have the power at the end of the day. So... They still like women are still the side characters in this movie. I mean, they're still like pretty important, but they're not the main one. And yeah. the superhero, the it's Nemesis or both men. And um, yeah, that's um. But I thought I I didn't thought about the the female one. I thought about the person of color, obviously that were like they pass who like so easily. But um, the woman one, I didn't thought about this. Still, this shows this is a superhero movie. The target people are men. Yeah, and it's nice knowing that, because um, obviously we've both seen the second one, I'm going to go out on a limb and say that that has a lot more in it that passes the female Bechdel test, because it would be wild if it didn't. I'm sure it does, because they are the main characters, apart from the antagonist, who is a man. But otherwise, it's pretty female. 
No, and it's good. And the and the way also the one of the things I like about this movie is like, I mean, black women tend to be very sexualized. So like either hyper or either equal sexualized. So either they seem like very manly or very in a way in a very sexual way. But in this movie, they just they they manage to like be, I wouldn't say sexy, like beautiful but not in a sexual way. The costumes are fine, but they're not like very, uh, you don't have like all the cleavage. You don't have like, they're not half naked. I've just remembered something that I wrote down. So obviously in the film, we see a lot of different um, hairstyles. Um, It's not all homogenous. And I was like, oh my God, it's so enjoyable to see women fighting without this really long hair that's not tied up, that's surely getting in their way. I know. I love when she says, like, um, what's her name? Um, Okoye. Uh, she's uh, wearing this um, wig, basically. It was, like, very kind of a fluffy black wig. And she's she's just complaining about wearing it. Well, he's like, this is so true. Like, you don't have time for this. This is not something you should be doing. But, and the first, like, the first um, moment she can actually take it out, she's actually rip it off her head and like throw it at this guy's head and I'm like yeah. <laughs> yeah she doesn't even attempt to fight with it on she's like this is coming straight off the disguise is blown there's no point in me wearing this stupid thing exactly so yeah no that that's uh and and they all have like different hairstyle and also very um very natural which I think it's also very good in this type of movies because in mostly mainstream movies black women tend to have very long straight hair which are not natural mm-hmm. hair, and you can see that the 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 movement has been changed. Like the natural hair movement is here, and more and more women are wearing it. Then, but still, like I was listening to Michelle Obama recently because now she's wearing braids. When before, okay, never wear braids before, mm-hmm. and they explain why she couldn't like. As a first lady, she never even thought about it, and she couldn't. She thought she couldn't do it. And now that she's not the first anymore, she actually is wearing braids. And her daughters are the same. And you can see how this is still, even like until a couple of years ago, she would never do this. So having shrink this in the movie in a beautiful way and not being something that is ratchet or something like this, it's actually very positive. And this movie, mm-hmm. beautifully. she looks great with her braids. I'm, I've now fully Googled Michelle Obama braids because <laughs> I, I didn't realise that she had started wearing braids again. Yeah, I mean, she did before when he started to run for governor or something, uh, for senator, I think. She changed her hairstyle, never wore braids for, for years after that. And then now she's happy. She can wear her hair however she wants. She doesn't have to be what people expect from a black woman in in the United States in 2023. So, yeah. Mm, yeah, because obviously when she was starting all of that, that was such a long time ago. I mean, Black Panther is, when you think about it, there's a lot of, like, if you look at all the, oh, the black actress in many movies before were acclaimed and everything, it was a very big deal to have your hair um, in braids. It was either like a signature look that she was very, if you wanted to be mainstream, most of them have to have the hair straightened 
and blow dry. Like it's a, it was a big thing over in wigs or extension and all this stuff. And I think Black Panther was one of the first movies when all, none of the women were wearing, but like were wearing like straight hair extension and everything. Part of it because they come from Africa and I think the image is like over there, they don't have to do this. But, uh, and also because it, it was a very um, proud black hair kind of a culture. And that's why Wakanda was. And it was kind of, mm-hmm. and I was saying when they say like Wakanda is like this fantasized image of like what black beauty and black excellence can be. And even if it's not real, it's not real. It's kind of a fantasy about how, Black people could see the world. Yeah, and I, I love that there was such a, a big variety in the different hairstyles and the jewellery and clothes and makeup and um, Okoye's, like, tattoo on her skull. It, it was beautiful. It Aesthetically, it was a very beautiful film. Yes, and I think he worked, like, even, not even, obviously in the US, he, he had a big impact, but he also had a big impact in, in the rest of the world, to be honest, because mm-hmm. uh, in Europe, I think it was the same in France, I think it was the first um, movie that came out that really, I mean, it was a black movie, but because it was a black superhero, but it was also like a super movie because it was part of the Marvel universe. So that's also one one thing that make it mainstream. So people, everybody could see it, which I think was good. I, um, I had a look after I watched it and Black Panther was the first... Marvel Cinematic Universe movie to be nominated for a Best Motion Picture at the Oscars. Oh, really? And also, I think, the first superhero film in general. And it was the first movie in the MCU to surpass production costs in opening weekend. I think the promotion was pretty big, though. Mm. I remember there was a lot of, like, Black artists in the US, like, basically bought tickets for, like, a lot of people to see the movie. The, the, um, The promotion was huge. I mean, I'm not a superhero person, but I went to see it because I wanted to see how it would look like because it was really like what like seeing that this very beautiful black people in the movie and see what the symbol was so huge that you had to see it. And it was very important. So whether you like it, like whether you like superhero movies or not, it was very something to see. Mm-hmm. It was good that it was a good movie. Yeah. Um, I also wrote down, I had a little look on trivia on IMDb, and the Dora Fighters were a mixture of actresses, stunt women, and Broadway dancers to give them more of an individual feel when they were fighting. And I thought that was really wonderful that they hadn't just taken actors and trained them to fight, um, that there was a mixture of other women in there as well. I thought that was really cool. Yeah, that was pretty amazing. So I really, yeah. The um the fight scene were probably pretty good. And I think he gave like because it was a good movie and the results were good, I think it was one of the big movies that follow up, for example, when we had the Woman King now and they had the second movie, it was a big test because I think if it would have failed, I'm pretty sure this movie could not have been made the same way. Yeah, if it hadn't have been as successful, it just people would have thought, oh, well, having black people in movies doesn't sell. Let's just continue for it to be super white all the time. Yeah, and I think that's a problem with every... It's not just with black people. It's going to be the same when it comes to, like, Asian American, for example. That was also the big thing. That that shows that minorities can also be, like, a big... A mentoring product. 
that it doesn't have to be for one target audience. Everybody can see a movie with a black superhero. I'm very excited for us to do The Woman King on here in the future <laughs> when it comes out. Sorry. <laughs> one of the criticism of Black Panther was that is a very American way of seeing the world, which is basically every movie that we, like every big, big movie that we see anyway. But because it's not real and because it's a superhero movie, this is fine. I think The Woman King is a different story because it's supposed to be based on real events and is very fictionalized. I think the goal was more difficult with The Woman King. Black Panther was like, we can do whatever we want because it doesn't exist. Yeah. We don't have to be right because who cares? It doesn't exist. It's just a fiction mm-hmm. world. So yeah. Talking about the fight scenes, I really liked that at the end, Shuri joins in with the fighting, even though it probably would have been fine if she hadn't because she was the scientist and whatnot. But she joins in with the fighting. And I wrote down that, so Nakia, Shuri and Okoye all try to fight Killmonger. He only beats Okoye because of the suit that Shuri had designed, that he'd stored up all that kinetic energy and could like, throw off Okoye and the other two Dora who were fighting him and he only beats um, Shuri and Nakia because he had the strength of the Black Panther which they couldn't match because they're not they don't have that Black Panther mythical strength and I really enjoyed and appreciated that it wasn't just while well, he's a man so he's stronger so of course he'll beat them yeah that's true I didn't thought about it this way that is true but at the end, they actually fight the three women because I think Nikia is with them too. And um, yeah, that is true. Sorry, I have nothing else to say. <laughs> That's okay. <laughs> that, that's fine. I remember being so excited. I was like, oh my God, he only beat Okoye because of Shuri's suit. And he only got that great suit because Shuri's a fucking genius. And actually, I love the banter between her and Shadow uh, Boozman. Oh. Uh, um, I was like, oh, this is so sad that he's going to die. But um, They had such good sibling chemistry. I know. It would have been so great if you would have seen the other movie. But I'm also happy they didn't recast him. So that's a good thing, too. Yeah, I, I really enjoyed that the women in the movie got to be funny. I laughed a lot at Shuri's joke about... Um, calling T'Challa's shoes sneakers. I was like, that's so dumb. And I love it. <laughs> but I also like the male characters in the movie because they're not like overpowering all the time. Like they listen to the women around them. They didn't like take them for granted. Um, the love story between Nikia and T'Challa are not like, it's not overbearing. It's not like, oh, we th- like, this is just a detail in the story, but and she's not like head over heels over him. Like that's her ex and she still love him, but she also love her life. And she decided to make decision for her and for the country. And all this is very not typical to super to like superhero movies when usually you have the hopelessly in love woman who just like, is not very good at anything because the man is better and all this stuff. And I think the male character were not trying to be the most powerful of a woman and saving the kids and the woman. And they were just like, we're leaders, but we also have responsibilities and we can be very humble about it. And obviously you still have like the fight scene, the challenge and the fight between the men. But I did like the, like all the male characters 
are pretty 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 okay and i mean except for kim munger i mean he's a mean guy but he's also michael b jordan so let's be honest here it's michael b jordan <laughs> yeah even when umbaku loses the fight to t'challa you don't see that toxic masculinity of him like fighting to the death because he couldn't handle the shame of um tapping out or him being really angry and pissed off after he just is like okay i lost that and you, there isn't any negative fallout and then when he does actually help nakia and the others when they need it and he helps t'challa he doesn't hold it against t'challa that he beat him in that fight he's like okay i lost that's that we'll just move on with life which is really nice because i think in a lot of other films there'd be a lot of focus on the male ego being bruised and them having to overcome that and having to overcome their pride. And I like that that wasn't a part of this. Yeah, because they don't use this as a trauma to be like this mean person after this, which is usually the case. Like usually the mean guys, like because he's being humiliated in some way, is people were making fun of him and all this stuff. Like here, even Kilmonger, who like been traumatized as a child because he's been abandoned by the by his country. And they also kill his father. So that's how he sees it. So it's not about like him being like, I feel like a victim in this story. Like nobody loves me. This is not about this. This is bigger than this, which I think was a good way of not being like this trap of the male ego being bruised and being like, nah, I need the power and kill everyone. Yeah, I agree. And I like going back to what you were saying about Nakia and the love story. So I believe my understanding of Nikia's character is that she left Wakanda to do um, her activism work and spy work because Wakanda weren't doing anything and she couldn't, she didn't want to sit by and just ignore what was happening in the world around her. So I'm assuming that's why her and T'Challa split because she leaves and she only comes back because T'Chaka has died and T'Challa is going to be crowned. And then obviously Killmonger arrives, so she stays to deal with that. And then at the end, it's T'Challa obviously decides that they will open up to the world and share some of their resources. So I really enjoyed that. And then similarly with Okoye, she's in a relationship with Daniel Kaluuya's character, Wakabi, but that isn't a big, heavy feature of the film. I think there's one point where she calls him my love, um, and that's kind of the only reason you're given for knowing they're in a relationship. And then at the end, he is supportive of Killmonger and she isn't. And I like that she stands her ground with him. And I, what does he say to her? Oh, he says, would you kill me, my love? And she says, for Wakanda, without question. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, she's in the movie. She's like, she doesn't like, she's a new bullshit person. It's like, I'm going to act this way. This is how we're going to be. And I mean, she's amazing. She is. I agree. I really enjoyed it when she was stood in front of that raging rhino and she continues to stand there and then she just gets a little lick from the rhino who obviously, I I mean, I think Wakabi was pulling back and stopping the rhino, but the rhino obviously also knows her because <laughs> she's with Wakabi and presumably spends time with him and around the rhino and... It, it was just a really nice moment. And I really appreciated that instead of her changing for a man, she stuck with her principles and, yeah, stuck with her principles. 
obviously people must have seen this movie so we can talk about the end and how Killmonger actually dies at the end and I didn't remember the last scene when it, they talk about how basically you understand that a child I could save him and basically it's like I would rather die than be in prison and how he talks about because then I re- realized that Killmonger is half American so uh, half of his uh, heritage is from slavery because this come from uh, African-American people in the U.S., which are, were slave. And that's also why this means so much to him, too. So he's half from Wakanda and half from an American African-American mother. And the analogy that he says, is like, he doesn't want to be in prison again, like his um, uh, ancestor were. And I think that's also the moment that uh, T'Challa just realized, like, what are we doing? Is it really what we want to be? Like the people who just what the world keep having this fight and leaving the oppressed be oppressed because we want to be secure and safe. Mm-hmm. Would you like the quote that he says? Because I wrote it down. Go ahead. Just bury me in the ocean with my ancestors who jumped from the ship because they knew death was better than bondage. I loved it. Especially, I mean, the last couple of years, especially in the US, but now even in the UK, a little bit in France too, um, those subjects has been like coming back and back and how this heritage has been so traumatizing for even the generation now. And I think that's, and I, and I like that in this movie, they're trying to approach it and try to understand like, this is making the link between what happened centuries ago to what's happening today. And even when you see the brother who's saying like, this is how people are being like oppressed or being over-criminalized, over-discriminated um, and everything. So that's the whole point. Like, why are we doing this? Like, we should be helping each other. And that's the whole thing about solidarity around the world and I think, And I like this message about the movie. It's, should we... Because we have superpowers, should we keep this for ourselves or should we just share it with everybody? I don't think there's a lot of like uh, superhero movies that actually touch this kind of issue. And because it's also a difficult issue to talk to talk about it too. Because I mean, the whole Killmonger character, that's the fact that this character is so complicated and because it's also come from a message that is like, we should be sharing the, like we should have a more equality world. And it's kind of like, you see it as a uh, an analogy between, do you want to fight with violence or do you want to fight by being like, like, do you, what's the message here? If you want, if you're oppressed, do you want to do it by violence? And that, or do you want to be quiet and just keep it to yourself? Mm-hmm. I appreciated that at the start when you see Unjobu and you realize that he betrayed Wakanda and gave vibranium to Claw or helped Claw get into Wakanda to get vibranium, you think, oh, he's a bad guy. He betrayed his family and his country and that was bad. And then later on, I think it's later on in the film. I don't think it happens at the same time, but I could be wrong. You find out that Njobu was doing this to help Black people in America because he doesn't agree with the way Wakanda are doing things and having lived in America um, under the orders of his king, he's witnessed this suffering that they don't experience in Wakanda because they're so removed from that. It's a hard question. So 
I understand where Wakanda is coming from, saying that we want to save ourselves, but in the same way, it's also very selfish. It's also like, what would you do? I don't know if I would, I don't know exactly what I would do, but I'm also like, why would you not share this with all the, with the rest of the world? This is a very different example, <laughs> but um, Lush created a biodegradable form of glitter. And I was listening to a podcast where somebody worked in Lush high up was talking about how they made a choice not to patent that, but actually to share it so that other people could use it because ultimately what they're doing shouldn't be about making money. It should be about making the world a better place. So if everyone is going to use biodegradable glitter, then that's going to be much better than people using the plastic glitter. And obviously very different example, but that always sticks in my mind of a company doing a good thing. It's the one example I have of a company doing a good thing. Yeah, I think it's a it's a very uh, that's a choice of society. What do you want to do? Um, how do you want to see the world? And it's something that we actually see every day now. It's like, do you want to have a more protectivism kind of policy because you want to you want to protect your people, or if we see this as a global thing? And I think, uh, I mean, when I compare it to other superhero movie, that's one of the thing that that's never really touched in other superhero movie really about. So let's take another one, like Iron Man, for example. Iron Man is for me is a very superhero movie. It doesn't, the fact that it's like, okay, I'm going to do my own thing. And this is not about the, there's not a message that's so powerful, I think, than the one in Black Panther. And I think, I don't know why they did this with this one, where they don't really do it with the other one. Is it because the story, the, the comics was this way? Or I have no idea about this. I don't know. Um, but I did like in the second one that, again, the antagonist, I understood why he was doing what he was doing, that he and his people had experienced being killed by white people and colonization, and he didn't want that. So obviously took him into hiding. So I understood why he was then perceiving Wakanda as a threat and why he wanted to kill them and all of that. Actually, I don't really get this. This is one of my things about the second movie. It was like, why is he going against them? Like, it doesn't make sense to me. I just remember thinking, oh, I understand why he's very cautious. And I feel whatever he's doing is coming from that place of fear not from a place of selfishness and just wanting power or whatever. Yes, that is true. But after rewatching, so I've seen the second one twice now and I never watched the first one. I really prefer the first one. The first one was amazing. And I think also because the first one is always better most of the time anyway. I remember you saying something about the second one that it felt like a lot of violence against Black people. Yeah, I think for me... That's what I was saying. Like, it doesn't really make sense why they're fighting against each other. Yeah, it just didn't make sense to me. This this part just didn't make sense to me. I didn't understand what why they were fighting this um, Wakanda. Like, why they came in such an aggressive way to Wakanda saying, like, either we're going to kill you, either you're going to help us. And for... Because for me, it seems like this um, this new country anymore is uh, for for anymore is like 
you are you a peaceful civilization the way you come out is like you're not a peaceful civilization you seem like this very aggressive i don't see them as a nice civilization because even like in the first movie killmonger obviously is the main guy but it doesn't come it comes here to actually take over to liberate other people but in namur is like and the trauma, and the reason he's doing this because he, he doesn't see any other way because Wakanda has been hiding for so many years that the only way for him to change the system will be to take over and take over by violence because that's the only way they can see kind of protest against the system and break the system. In the second movie, I'm, I'm just like, why are they doing this? Like, why are they fighting? And why are they like... It's again like black people being attacked because they have something. And basically it's, I don't know, it seems very random that they just went this way right away. And I don't know, I think it was too fast. Didn't make sense to me. And I think it was why I was like, oh, it's still another movie when black people are being like attacked for something. Mm -hmm. I saw a lot of them. criticism about this like how a lot of movies are about like i think we're just tired of like move movies when black people are being killed or attacked or being fighting and and being the victim and i think in the first movie i don't have this feeling and i kind of do in the second yeah I, there is definitely it's a more distressing film the second one not helped by the fact that chadwick boseman obviously isn't in it Yes. And there's a lot of sadness in it. I need to rewatch it because I I didn't get to fully appreciate it when I saw it because there were children being dicks, <laughs> and I was so frustrated throughout the whole thing that I I need to rewatch it. Yes, and it is on Disney Plus now, so I can rewatch it. Is it already? Yeah, because I was I think after we'd been to see it in the cinema, which was a good thing to do because we're going out and supporting the movie. Um, they announced it was going up on Disney Plus in February. And I was like, or the end of January. I was like, are you fucking kidding me? I just had the worst cinema experience of my life and left more stressed than when I went in and I could have just waited. But again, supporting the movie is a good thing to do. I know, okay, I was wondering, is it already in France? But in France, you cannot... Okay, so France has this weird law that when a movie comes out in the cinema, you have to wait a certain amount of months before you go on TV. So right. it just uh, it was in the cinema until a couple of weeks ago. I think it's like six or nine months before you can actually see it on TV. So on this next year, it's not going to come out until... Oh, um, my God. It's for, uh, so the argument is like if you do it this way, people are going to go to the cinema. You want people to go to the cinema. I appreciate that. There's definitely, I was thinking about this the other day, that when I was a kid, it would feel like you had to wait for years for a film to come out on DVD. And now it happened. I don't know whether that's just because I'm old and time has sped up. So before I know it, months have passed. But it's a much quicker process now. I know in the in the US and the UK, they don't have a law, but in France they do. So um, it's always the battle between Disney and uh, and the French government about this and how they fight to have, they want to have most of the movies directly. Like, for example, you cannot have a movie in the cinema and on TV at the same time. 
you have to wait. Either you do directly to TV, which means that you don't we don't have the promotion in the cinema, but either if you do the cinema, you have to wait. I don't want to say something stupid, but at least a couple of months to actually put it in the in on streaming and streaming pl- uh, platforms. I mean, the, we have the 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 laws are very different. Like when you go to the cinema in France, um, half of the movies have to be French movies. Oh, okay, that's good. Yes, so we have a lot of like when you go to the cinema, you cannot like a cinema cannot have a programmation that shows more uh, foreign movie than French. That's not a that's uh, against the law the policy is to protect french cinema and french language and there's a lot of restriction about it Mm. that was a fun segue i had no idea is there anything else you wanted to say about the film before we rate it which i'm expecting to be very easy i really like this movie i recommend people see it and I would love to hear more people giving the um their opinion about it because so far, even the people that saw it as just a, another superhero movie told me it was a good superhero movie. So I'm happy about it. <laughs> okay, so let's read it. It's going to be easy. Okay, so on the intersectional side, I feel comfortable giving it a five because I feel like there are only two named white characters in it known as the Tolkien white guys, because they were both in The Hobbit together. I did not realize the other guy was also in The Hobbit. Oh my God, I did not know that. I did, I just re- realized this. Okay, this is amazing. Okay, I'm sorry. It's, um, no, that's I, okay. I did not know that, and that is very true. And I do love both characters, to be honest. They were both good. They were both good. Uh, so yeah, all of the Black characters are fully realized characters. They're all different and unique and for that reason I think five out of five is fair. I agree with you. And then the female side I think the only negative I'd say is that obviously the main characters the the hero and the antagonist are both men and although the women do interact a lot often it is to talk about either Killmonger or T'Challa so that lets it down a bit. Yeah, but all the female characters are very like strong in their different ways and very diverse. So, um, I mean, and also when they talk about the men, I don't think they talk to about them about like as um love interest. They don't talk about them uh, about like being. They don't talk about the character as a man, but as a character of the story, which is also different than saying like, "Oh, Luke is hot." That's not what they're saying. Yeah, I mean, they're often mocking him as well. Like that bit where Sharia says, did he freeze? And Okoye says, like an antelope in headlines. (laughs) (laughs) They're often mocking him. Okay, so do you want to give it like a 4.5 just because of this? I'm happy to give it a 5. Okay, let's stick with 10 out of 10. I'm happy with this. Yay! (laughs) We get it. So um, yeah, 10 out of 10. It's good. It's really hard to find films that aren't all white, I've realised doing this podcast, particularly because a lot of the films that I um, watched in my childhood that I think, oh, this would be interesting to do, are all very white. (laughs) I mean, I'm very happy because the last movie I did for the podcast was The Holiday, and that did not. (laughs) I forgot about that. The opposite. 
So congratulations, Black Panther. That is great. A femme fresh movie. Good job, Black Panther and Ryan Coogler and Disney for finally doing something sort of good. I only say sort of because I don't know if Disney should ever be commended because they're an awful company. But anyway, different podcast topic. Um, thank you very much, Kareen, for joining me today to talk about this movie. Thank you for listening. Of course. Oh, I'm always happy to listen to you. Yeah. Always. <laughs> Particularly when we're talking about a black film when I'm not. It would feel rude if it were me talking throughout the whole thing. Like, let me tell you, Kareen, what I thought of this film as a white person. You need to hear my view. Yes, because we never do. <laughs> Truly, so underrepresented. There's only like a billion superhero movies about white people. Um, thank you, Lee, for doing all of the editing and the other things he does that have gone out of my head, the artwork and producing. Thank you to Sandra for the music you hear at the beginning and end of the podcast. Um, as Kareen said earlier, we want to know what you think of Black Panther. So find us on Instagram and Facebook at Real Feminism. That's real, spell R-E-E-L, and let us know what you think. Uh, we'll be back in your ears in a month's time where we're going to be talking about The Devil Wears Prada. Ooh! But until then, bye! Bye!